All right, Anthony Richardson done for the season. That becoming official. What about play calling? What did Shane Steichen and the coaching staff see in the short amount of time they had AR? We'll dive into all of that here in a second. Scott Agnes joins us at 8.30. Will Carroll at 9. Uh, Hammer will be in studio at about 9.30. Uh, quickly, before we dive back into the AR news, KB, did you see who was at the game last night, the baseball game? Did you see? There was somebody there. There was uh, there was a band that happened to be there. Sam, you're a big uh, music guy. I did see this on social media. It was Creed, did, right? Yeah. Did you see Creed was there? How about that? <laughs> you could say Dear no God, one of the Rangers. The yeah, no one of the Rangers lost. That could be the joke that that accompanies did it. Did they but perform? Or no, were they they, just... they didn't perform. Now you remember like we didn't 15... get a seventh inning stretch. <laughs> no, remember like 15 years ago at least they did the Marlins song. Do you remember that at all? All right, that might be a nine. That do, might be no. a nine o'clock hour. Maybe not a power hour here in the seven a.m. I'll I'll give you the Marlins. Sam, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? The yeah, Creed. Anderson's out for the year. Let's lead with Creed <laughs> and the Marlins. The Creed song Marlins here. song. We'll dive into that in the nine o'clock hour. After Hammer, Hammer will like it. Uh, okay, so let's dive back into it. Um, yesterday, the news comes down that Anthony Richardson is done for the season. I'm asking you, and I'm asking the audience. What does that do for next season? KB, what does it do for next season now? How do we how do you think we would have viewed this team if Anthony Richardson, you know, was injured throughout the year but ultimately played in 13 games, 14 game, whatever number that is. Not not a full 17. Uh, he would miss some games. He would still have the concussion. Maybe the shoulder injury is a two to three week injury. And he plays 12 games this season, something like that. But we had a bigger sample size. He went on the road. Maybe won a couple games on the road. Maybe the Colts don't make the playoffs, but they push for it. They 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 feel like one of those young teams that is a year away in an offseason, can have a good draft, can go get a, and I use a Jerry Judy, but go get a wide receiver uh, that you can accompany with Pittman or go get a couple wide receivers if Michael Pittman is not back. I think for Colts fans, this season is frustrating, but for me, this season was always about developing. This season was trying to get some of that feel-good back, was it not, with the Colts team. And now, for the most part, unless Gardner Minshew and Minshew Mania goes wild and they win a bunch of games, KB, that's probably not going to happen. But it does affect next year. You said in the first segment, you know, we thought maybe this was, you know, year two would be a de facto second rookie year. Well, I think we saw enough that that would not have been the case had he played the majority of this season and had he got better, give him another offseason, give him a few more weapons, year number two in this offense, and boom, you kind of have things rolling. How does it affect next year? And I think that's the thing we haven't talked enough about. We've talked about this season, but this season was always contained to an, an, an okay amount of wins. Next year would have started the ascension for the Colts of, hey, what can we actually be with this guy at quarterback? And now, even though I think the starting point for him is much further down the road, as you do, there is still going to be a stunt in growth here that probably means next year is a little bit more like this year. And that, to me, is perhaps the most disappointing thing of what's happened here in the last couple weeks. Yeah, I mean... You know, and that's just a guess, by the way. I yeah, don't know. I'm probably a little bit higher on them, honestly, going into 2024. And we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. You know, I have seven wins pegged for him in Richardson's rookie year. And, you know... As long as you can tell me Anthony Richardson's playing whatever 90% of the games, which obviously who the hell knows, uh, leading into next season, uh, the AFC South is a beautiful gift, and it's the gift that allows you to be a team that should be around 500, if not better than 500. Uh, I mean, hell, right now we sit here and look at the Colts and think, okay, they're knocking on the wild card door. I mean, the thing about the AFC South, Andy, is it, it allows you to be highly competitive to winning the division on a pretty annual basis. And it allows you to be really competitive and trying to get a wild card spot because it is such a non-competitive division when you compare it to the other teams. Now, we'll see. Maybe Houston is a little bit more legit early on than we thought. Um, you know, again, Jacksonville, are they definitely going to be a team on an annual basis that is there? I still don't view Jacksonville in the light of obviously Kansas City or even if you go to the east, a Buffalo. And I, I, I think Miami, it's fair to say, 
they now are kind of on that level. And the AFC North just top to bottom. We talked about it yesterday. It's the only division in football right now where all four of their teams have won at least three games. And I just think that's a division that beats beats itself up. So I think when you combine AFC South um, mediocrity and what Richardson showed, if you can tell me he's healthy, which obviously you can't, then I see no reason why this is a team that if I thought seven wins his rookie year, I see no reason why they shouldn't make a jump to right around nine wins. And if you win nine-ish, you're going to be in some sort of race late in the season. So maybe that's premature to say, but uh, I'm a firm believer in yeah, that. Okay, so I, I would be with you if he played, but I guess I, I guess this is the part of second-guessing that I'm struggling with. If he would have played a lot this season, the thing we're missing this season with Anthony Richardson, to me, is it not him getting better? It's watching it happen in front of our face, and we didn't really see that this season. I mean, we, we only saw him play in four games. And that's where I struggle with next year. I almost feel like you said seven. I said, what, five this season, four or five games, whatever. It doesn't matter. I almost see next year now as the seven that you're talking about. Just because he hasn't played all those things that he was supposed to learn this season, he's not going to be able to learn. And and I'm not, listen, I want to be clear. I agree with Kevin when he says there is a the starting point for Anthony Richardson is higher than what maybe some people thought. I'm with you. The flashes that he that he showed, how he wasn't he wasn't lost out there. I mean, uh, Bryce Young this year has had games where he has looked lost. Anthony Richardson wasn't great every time he played, and at times maybe perhaps you could say he wasn't good, but he never looked lost. The moment I don't think on a guy like Anthony Richardson was going to was going to be too big. The problem with all this is I haven't seen enough to say they're going to make that next step next year, and that's what's frustrating because I think if you got a full year of him, and then you got you know JT popping with his new contract, and you add stuff to the offseason because Alec Pierce is not a number two wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, you say well Downs is a two and he's a three, that's fine, but Alec Pierce doesn't need to be playing damn near 100 percent of the snaps for this team. I mean, that much is clear. You guys have seen it. It is what it is. He's a fine player. He's an NFL player. But you got to get a bona fide number one or a bona fide solid as hell number two in here. And I, I just that's what I struggle with. I talked about a lot earlier in the show, KB, that I'm second guessing a lot on this stuff. And this is probably it is not the longevity stuff as much as what is this team going to be sooner rather than later, quite frankly, while you're not paying your quarterback very much money. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And obviously, the, the, the lack of reps, the lack of playing time, it leads to a lack of conviction. And, and, and that's the disappointment of like, we think, we hope, this, that, but we don't. You know, if C.J. Stroud plays all 17 games, it's going to look a whole lot different. Houston's going to feel differently about their conviction, plus playing style. He's more of a pocket guy than than Richardson. And, you know, that's why I, I, I see some of these comps, you know, Andy, of a, okay, you know, Drew Brees had the early shoulder issues. Matthew Stafford had the early shoulder issues. I want to almost get away from that. I am not one that has questions about Anthony Richardson's right shoulder injury and the surgery that's upcoming. Obviously, I'm curious about it. It's Arguably the most it's not important. A, it's not a good thing, but you're not like, damn, is this is his career over? Right. Is no, he going to be I, back not, in two it, years? Yeah, it's not that. I'm not saying that at all. Certainly, it's one of his more important body parts. So I I, I don't want to lose sight of it. And Will Carroll <laughs> hopefully shed some more light coming up. You want to rank rank the body nine, parts? Well, probably yeah. not do that at 7:45. Anthony might rank them differently <laughs> than I would rank them. Um, but and maybe a future partner of his. Uh, that's neither here nor there. I feel like where I am at though is. Breeze, Stafford, you knew they were going to live in the pocket. Richardson is not a guy that's going to live in the pocket. Um, and I thought the Shane Sykin comment yesterday, and if you have that audio, Andy, yeah. I just say cue that up now. This is the playing style question that Shane Sykin has got on several different occasions, certainly in the Anthony Richardson era, and he will continue to get. Uh, this was yesterday, Shane Sykin, on if the playing style and or the play calling needs to change at all for Anthony Richardson that bridge uh, next year uh, when we get there um, but again one of the things that makes him really good is a runner you know and a lot of those guys around the league that run and make plays that's you know what helps your offense um, 
but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> you want to translate that, or do you want me to? I think that sums it up pretty well to my thinking, to be honest with you, Andy. They are not going to all of a sudden say, Anthony Richardson, you're in the pocket 32 times a game, and you're not going to run it at all. And I'm going to say this phrase a lot in the next year, Andy, so I apologize up front, but how I view Anthony Richardson's running ability, the design runs for him, I view it as limit, don't eliminate. Mm -hmm. You don't draft them four overall if you're just going to say, yeah, man, uh, chop off your legs, and we're not even going to worry about that aspect. But to me, it is limit, not eliminate. We did the math problem last week. I'm not going to bore you with that again. It was horrific radio. But if you all of a sudden say eight designed runs per game becomes four, at the end of the year, if you do the math on that, did that guy just get hit 50 times less than he was going to? Because if I can take 50 hits off of his body, but when the Cleveland Browns get ready to prepare for Anthony Richardson on a Tuesday night, Jim Schwartz, our defensive coordinator, says to Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith as the two edge rushers, guys, their quarterback in critical situations will run it and can run it, and he can burn you. You must stay home for a split second. Because as long as the threat is still there, as long as you do sprinkle that in, third down, red zone, fourth quarter, two minute, et cetera, et cetera, that still gives you the advantage that you don't have with Gardner Minshew. So again, for me, when I hear Shane Steichen, I hear that's not going out of the playbook. Now, they might do a deep dive, and who knows? I, he might fall differently. Whatever. That's all great for the, <laughs> the offseason. The two of Tom Brady, they learned they learned how to – what was it? Tom Brady learned how to fall on his left shoulder, and then Tua went to karate classes. Didn't he do that jujitsu or did. something yeah. like that? And I'm, I'm thinking in the pocket versus outside <laughs> of the pocket might be a little bit different on that end. But in all seriousness – I hear that, and I think to myself, again, they're still going to run him, but I come back to that phrase, limit, not eliminate. And, I, and I'm and i good with that. And you're going to have to live with it, I think. Like, that's just, you would be doing a disservice to the kid and to your football team if you all of a sudden said you could only operate out of the pocket. So um, I, I think that's the path that they're going to go down and, and, and potentially explore. Uh, Sam, can you play that, just play that clip again, if you don't mind? Stiking again on Anthony Richardson, the play calling and everything. Play it again that bridge uh, next year uh, when we get there um, but again one of the things that makes him really good is a runner you know and a lot of those guys around the league that run and make plays that's you know what helps your offense um, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there okay so I view this I, I I hear what Shane Steichen is saying in a different way I think than you do I guess I hear it as and I, I'm not sure how the question was phrased. Probably some. I mean, you were there. Probably something to the effect of, "Will you change the yeah. the you mm-hmm. know the play calling going forward now that he's had this injury and other injuries?" And when you look at carries, he's had 25 carries in the four games, and I use four games lightly because he's been out of games in the second quarter in Jacksonville. Probably would have ran at least once more. Uh, you guys understand what I'm saying? But in Jacksonville and against the Rams, where he played the entire game against the Rams and played damn near the entire game against Jacksonville, he had 10 rushes. And what you're saying is you can still get that eye candy for the defense if that number goes from 10 to 4 or 5 and you add up all these different hits that he's not taking. What I struggle with is, A, legislating his hits I find to be a tiring exercise because some of this is going to be designed and then other parts of it is going to be Richardson being Richardson. And we've talked about that. The other thing is I'm not sold that Steichen's going to lessen that number. And I so when I hear that, Steichen's saying, listen, we'll cross that. I mean, he's almost delaying it. We'll we'll talk about that when he's healthy. We'll talk about that next year at Media Day. We'll talk about that next year at training camp in week one and week two and everything else. I almost hear it, KB, as we drafted this guy fourth. This is his skill set. 
his skill set may get him injured, but if I start lessening one of his main, and, and quite frankly, it might be his best skill set, might be what he does outside of the pocket to where he opens himself up for hits, whether that's runs, whether it's moving the pocket, rollouts, whatever it may be, to get him hit, then I am lessening my playbook. I am lessening his ability to be effective on Sundays. I almost view it as... Shane Steichen has not said, oh, we're going to we're going to change things up a little bit. I I, I kind of have viewed this even through the injuries over the first month of the season that they drafted this guy to run a particular offense, and that's what they're going to run. And if he lasts three years, four years, seven years, two years, that's going to be what it looks like. I think as AR matures as a player. Uh, that will lessen. I think Jalen Hurts ran into that. I think they tried to do that with Lamar Jackson. Lamar came in the league run 20 times a game. He'd go out there and run 20 times a game like a running back. He doesn't do that anymore. The last couple of years, he hasn't done that. I, I just, I am skeptical Well, if they're, if they're going to change much at all. I mean, if he's healthy, I think he gets 10 carries. That's what I think. I think a couple of things. First off, it's a miracle Shane Steichen goes into the future at all with some of these comments. So I didn't expect him to say anything like, Right here, right now, this is what the week one game plan is going to look like for 2024. I, I was not expecting that. I I asked him a timetable question on you know when. Sure, it's impossible should, should to do so. Anthony be ready for the spring offseason program, and he eventually said there's a good chance he will be, but I was even surprised that he answered that one. Um, so I, I wasn't shocked by that, I, I guess, non-committal of, of an answer. But I also think, you know, you, you brought up tiring. It, it's a tiring exercise. Mm-hmm. I'd argue it's a necessary exercise it might be tiring sure but also if you want this dude to get to a second contract and you say take 50 hits off his yearly total I would consider that something that's necessary if you want longevity to be there and again I still don't think you are lessening the player that much I don't think you lessen the threat of it at all because as soon as that defense sleeps on him boom he can burn you and he can make a big play Uh, I'm also curious a little bit and this is away from Steichen and playing style, but what do we see differently from Richardson? Again, I don't think he's a reckless runner. I don't think it's Josh Allen. I don't think it's Andrew Luck. He learned some lessons this year. He laid down a couple times. The first play of the Rams game, arguably the loudest cheer Richardson got all season long, uh, he slides on that first play of the Rams game when he got back from the concussion. So again, I don't think that part of it needs to be as much in there because I do think Richardson has been dealt quite the harsh reality of what NFL life is like from a hit standpoint. So I put more of it on the Colts plate than I do Richardson's plate. But to me, this is still not stunting his ceiling, his growth. I still think you can put it in the playbook. You can use it in key situations. I also think, and this is a credit to Richardson, I thought he showed me a little bit more as a passer than I thought. I would agree with you. So now that comes back to, do you feel more comfortable with him as a passer than maybe you did back on September 5th? Because if you if you do, then you'll be a little bit more content with, you know, in the pocket or even some rollout plays where, where he obviously can be a thrower first. I thought that was a step in the right direction there. And I think that's something that you can point uh, to do, as well. Do you, think they, do you think they feel that way? I'm, I, I know, see, I think you know what I think. And I think we're close. I don't probably totally agree with you. Like, do they think his longevity matters, but he is a lesser player if he's not doing these particular things? Yeah. I, I, that, that's the question, and I don't know the answer to that question. I just Steichen don't. Steichen is a guy that really, really believes that if you are a running threat at quarterback, we're going to run you. Like That's that, how I feel with his words. Now, Shane Steichen hasn't been the head coach of a football team where his starting rookie quarterback plays 173 snaps. And when you get to the end of the year and you add up your offensive snaps and there's 1,100 of them. The data changes. And Anthony Richardson's played 170. Gardner Minshew in two starts this year has already thrown more passes than Anthony Richardson threw all year. Yeah, what what did you say? 99 passes for Minshew. 84 for Richardson. If you look at the snap total. Yes, 39, right? 39 guys last year had as many snaps as as they are this season. Yeah, so 173 for Richardson right now. The Colts last year had 39 players play more than 173 snaps. There's only 53 dudes on a football team. 39 of them played more than Richardson will play this year. So part of me is going to be when Shane Sykin gets out of the emotional nature of week-to-week life in the NFL and he's sitting there in his office on March 18th and he's, you know, 
diving into a spring plan for Anthony Richardson, I think there will be a non-emotional reaction to it. Yes, I think, again, we saw it in Philly. He ran hurts and ran hurts and ran hurts, but there were also plenty of times in games where he felt very comfortable letting Jalen Hurts be in the pocket for long, long stretches. Does he feel a little bit more comfortable about that? And also, this sounds weird, when you're the offensive coordinator of a team, in a way, you almost kind of probably look at your personnel like, they're just kind of hired guns. Like, I'm just trying to get my head coaching job. And well, that's, how running maybe, back, that's how running backs feel. Right. Maybe Why wouldn't others? That's not the most politically correct way to say it. But with Anthony Richardson, oh. your future is tied to him. Yeah. And it's not just do everything at all costs to win in 2023, and we're going to treat week one like it's a Super Bowl. No, that, that can't be the reality of it. So, but you can't wait until he's 30 either. And I think no, no, I think no. I think you're, that's you're gonna, I mean, that's the balance. By by the way, Hurts is going to he's going to he's going to run he's going to run 150, 60, 70 times this year. I mean, his, he's already ran the ball 63 times in 6 games, so he's a little bit more than There's 10. a ton of gray area with this. I, I don't want to act ton like it's of gray easy, area. but I continue and I will do this a lot and I apologize up front, but to me it, it, it's a phrase that makes the most sense. It's limit, not eliminate. How do you try and lessen the injury-prone, and I say that in quotes, that belief, nature, whatever, but at the same time, make sure a very unique offensive weapon that clearly is lacking when he's not in the lineup, how do you make sure that's still there and the threat of it is still there for your defense? Last thing this hour. Uh, next hour, I want to get to some more Steichen sound on things that he, something he said yesterday that I understand. JMV mentioned this a little bit yesterday as well, that I'm not going to be able to buy. Plus, what did he say? Uh, some nice words about Grover Stewart, who is going to miss six games. Last thing for me on this, this hour. And I think it kind of goes into the commodity, and that's what players are, and that's what running backs have been talking about. So it's not surprising that any position would be seen like that. Heck, uh, just about everyone is that at their job. It's almost like if Anthony Richardson is a car. KB, if your car breaks down, whatever is wrong with it, and you take it to the shop and you get it fixed, are you then comfortable taking your car and driving to South Bend or driving to Knoxville to go see your big SEC game? Or are you going to say, no, nah, I'm just going to drive it, you know, j- just around downtown Indy, right? Like, I'm just, I'm going to use it to putter around and go to Kroger and go to places putter like around. putter around. I'm not going to take it. Like I'm not going to take it four hours on a trip. No, you're going to pay the $1,000, the $1,200, the $800. You got your car fixed. You're going to then take it to South Bend or Knoxville to go see your football games. Does Steichen view that way. No, Anthony Richards is back and because he's back, here's the playbook. And so, um, you mentioned it right. There's so much gray area. We're going to go back and forth on this for the next nine months and then the next, you know, first month of the season. We have a full year before we're going to kind of revisit how Steichen is using a healthy Anthony Richardson. Will Carroll at 9 o'clock. More on the surgery for Anthony Richardson. What rehab likes. Why that was the option the Colts chose. Will will bring that medical hat Sprinkling some sports as well with it. So looking forward to that conversation again. That is at 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll continue. Your reaction at K Bowen 1070 on Twitter, at the only Sweeney on Twitter, 317 239 1070. If you want to join the conversation, it is the wake up call with KB and Andy on a rainy Thursday. Yeah, yeah, 8 o'clock hour, hanging on the drivehuber.com studios. Appreciate you waking up with us. It's the wake-up call. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney, Sam Fritz. Uh, I guess Dykton's back, right, on Monday, his big week in Florida. Is he back, I guess? He's back, yeah. Sam's been doing a great job, man. We're going to miss Sam. How about that? Outstanding from Sam Fritz, per usual. Yeah, he even gave us content yesterday. We'll have to, we'll have to nail him down and have you give some some more content here in the I next day and a half. I content yesterday? Well, yeah, didn't you have a question about Anthony Richardson oh, or Grover yeah, Stewart? Like, yes, you don't even remember. I'm pra- yes, I'm praising yeah. you, and you're not even taking the praise. I, I, I didn't I didn't recognize <laughs> the content I gave. I apologize. There we go. Uh, Anthony Richardson, that is the news. Uh, KB and I have done this show, what, three or four times, probably? And, and we, we, you know, variations of sure. it. I thought last segment was a good one. I mean, Steichen talking about play calling, that's going to be the number one storyline going into the Colts next year, right? Unless there is another major injury, unless they go out and get a Devontae Adams or somebody like that. Uh, you know, what they do with Richardson, his health, that is going to be the number one question that we're just going to talk about from month after month after month. And part of me is like, I like how you Lord. whispered into the mic there. Uh, part of me is like, dear Lord. Well, uh, but yeah, I think reacting <laughs> to Steichen's comments, reacting to the official news, I know this is not a topic that we are going to beat into the ground for the next two and a half months because you are reacting to 
uh, obviously what happens the rest of the season. And, um, you know, maybe tomorrow we can focus a little bit more on it. But I, I remember a show we did, Andy, just before <laughs> you got here of a non-Anthony Richardson storyline you know, angle to the Colts season. There are plenty of non-Richardson storylines that matter. Does the Richardson one matter more than the others? Yes, undoubtedly. So, you know, you cross that off and then you move to other things on the list. And there are some notable things on the list. And honestly, when I start thinking about some of those items, I think most of them fall into the positive developments early in the season, whether that is Bernard Ryman, a flash or two here from Juju Brents. And honestly, Juju Brents is getting what you wanted Anthony Richardson to get. And that is... All the reps. And that, you know, as long as Juju stays healthy, that's what now he's getting at corner. So, yeah, that can be certainly a focus a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, all right, something I wanted to, and I know he just got on the phone to answer callers. So, Sam, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, something that Steichen talked about yesterday, and I want to be clear, this is going to sound a tad like criticism. In a time like this, you're just reaching for positives, and there really are none other than, hey, Anthony is going to be involved uh, with the team. I would imagine he's not going to pull Lamar Jackson and you know not show up uh, to to big games and everything else. He's going to be there. He's going to be visible. He's going to be, you know, you know, acting like he's going to get the start on he's Sunday. Not going to the Netherlands like Andrew Luck. Yeah, he's going to be in those meetings and going to be around Gardner Minshew, and all those things are positives. But ultimately, it's not what we wanted this season to be. So I want to play these back to back. This is Steichen on kind of what the next few months will be like for Anthony Richardson while prepping but not playing. I think just being in the meetings, just you know, act like you're playing. You know what I mean? Still go through that process, uh, you know, with your teammates. Uh, all those different things, the rehab process, just make sure you're being engaged. And uh, he'll be in the meetings, like I said. He'll be out of practice, um, and he'll be engaged, and he'll learn through this process. Uh, okay, so Sykin also, a couple questions later, kind of reiterated what it's going to be like for AR. Go ahead. You know what? This will be a great learning ex- you know, experience for him, you know, uh, moving forward. You know, he's, he'll be engaged. He'll be in the meetings. He'll be at practice, uh, and he'll learn this year, you know, sitting back and watching and learning. Um you know, in the long run, I think with anything, I said this a couple of weeks ago, you know, when you go through tough times, you know, it'll make you stronger. And this is a tough time for any player. You know, you, you're obviously your rookie year. You want to be out there with his teammates. You know, I know he's, you know, crushed about it, too. Um, so but I think it'll help him make him stronger in the long run. Uh, okay, so this could be me parsing words. And again, Steichen goes up there, and this guy's just lost his quarterback. And, and and obviously, he probably feels wins and losses and the offense that he wants to run and everything else goes with Anthony Richardson. And it goes back to the play calling and the running and some of the things that we talked about last segment. But that this is probably one of the only things that it's nice – it, it 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 could end up being a positive. It's not a total wash in a negative that he is going to be able to be around the team and he is going to be able to learn. But the whole battle cry, and KB, you are at the very forefront of this, and I give you credit, is you play Anthony Richardson because that's how you get the valuable experience. And can you get experience while you're sitting on the bench and while you're prepping, you can learn, but you're not getting the experience. You know, I can do a sh- I can do a fake radio show in a studio. You know, this happens when people try out for radio gigs. KB, they go in a studio and they do a fake radio show. But that's not the same as when you go live. It's just not the same. It's one of the big differences. One reason why I love uh, I love podcasts, but I love live radio because there is that dynamic. And when you look at the dy- dynamic of actually playing, that is different than just prepping and getting ready. And everyone yelled and screamed that you got to have, you know, you, you got to get him out there so he gets that experience. Why sit the kid, right? That that has always been the battle cry. I know what Steichen is doing. It's a terrible situation for he and the team and for AR. So he's trying to say, hey, there is a positive to it. We're going to coach the hell out of this guy even though he's not going to play. It's just not something right now in the heat of all of this happening, KB, that's resonating with me too much at all, to be quite honest. I don't even really care. Like, <laughs> like that, you don't care. I, I, like, I don't well, really care. Sure, Anthony Richardson's going to be in meetings. Oh, 
Sorry, I didn't think he'd be at birdies in Westfield Twin playing, Peaks. P- playing putt-putt all day. Of course he's <laughs> he going to be in the meetings. Like, well, you know, he's again, they're trying to get positives out I, of a I bad know, situation. And, and there's nothing else that Shane Sykin can say or do. I'm just reacting to it purely, Andy. And my reaction is, I would hope he is doing that. What else right. would he be doing? Like, this is not some, you know, Andrew Luck in the Netherlands. He needs his family lives here. He needs to be rehabbing here. His brother plays football here. He needs to be attending meetings for the next two months. Sure, that's all great. But at the end of the day, and this is 1,000% me being the son of a driver's ed teacher coming out, Anthony Richardson sitting in meetings, that is the driver's ed student sitting in the back of the car. Yeah, yeah. You want him behind the wheel. Yeah. You don't want him in the back of the car. I know. And I now know. he's in the back of the car for two and a half months. And then at the end of the year, you're going to be like, all right, can you pass your driver's test? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. 465, Friday at 4 <laughs> o'clock. Good luck. Like, oh, no. When it goes from him, five lanes to two lanes. You want him behind the wheel. And again, I know there's no, obviously, he's right. got to just be in the meetings. I get why Shane Steichen said that. But I am just not one that views that as this incredible learning experience going to be extremely beneficial to his career I am a little bit more curious and maybe this is a Shane question for down the road but like you know are there specific projects you would give Richardson on a weekend week out basis hey Anthony sit in with Tony Sperano Jr. and you guys come up with a protection plan for this week like you know like those sorts of things or you know hey Jim Bob Cooter is going to go over third down I want you on a Tuesday to sit in with Jim Bob and and, and go over that. Maybe you're not out at the walkthrough necessarily. You know, you, I don't know. You're doing something that's a little bit more just you don't stand behind the quarterbacks at practice and watch those guys go through their motions, et cetera, et cetera, and you do the same thing. So, again, I get that's all that Shane can say, and that's all you can really do with an injured player, but I'm not going to re- overreact <laughs> and act like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. This is no. so great. Well, well you can't because blah, we were blah, told blah. he's got to play to get the experience. It can't be watch Gardner Minshew right. get ready for the for Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. I did find, and this is a little pivot, I did find the Grover Stewart reaction from Shane Steichen yesterday an interesting one. Um, obviously, the Richardson topic, when that news breaks right before Shane gets to the podium, that's going to dominate what the majority of that press conference was about. But it was also Shane Sykin's first time commenting on Grover and the first time he's commented on a PED suspension for one of his players. Obviously, the Isaiah Rod- – I'm trying to think back to the Isaiah Rodgers thing. I want to say that was a little bit more no comment. It also happened during a time of the year where Shane's not available every day or every other day, et cetera, et cetera. So, really, we kind of had to wait for Chris Ballard mm-hmm. to fully comment on it. And to be fair – that happened under Ballard's watch, not Steichen's watch. So I do think Ballard's words met more than than Steichen here with Grover Stewart. But this was Shane Steichen yesterday. We have on, two clips. Okay, this is... Um, we have the news and then we have Steichen on Grover's character. Yeah, character is probably the one that I think matters a little bit more. Again, this is Shane Steichen on Grover Stewart. Obviously, you guys saw the news uh, with Grover. Uh, he'll be suspended the next six games. You know, he made a mistake, uh, wasn't malicious. You know, the eight months that I've been around him, um, an unbelievable teammate, great character, made a mistake. Um, and we're going to stick through that thing with him uh, and get him back in six weeks and he'll be ready to go. Play that character one, Sam. I, I yeah, think I, that one matters more. Yeah, I just think his character and the person he is uh, and his teammates, they all relate to him. Uh, great leader, uh, great teammate. You know, guys were had his back this whole time. Um, and they'll have his back, you know, through this process as well. All right. So, what are you getting from this? I, I'm getting All more of, of a standing by our suspended player. Stand than, by your man. Than I have heard from different people in the past. Certainly, the Chris Bat, and I know gambling and PEDs. You know, maybe those two. Um, the gambling aspect of it is a little bit more of you know you're doing bad things and you're still doing them. You can get into the PED debate of do you really know what you are ingesting? Grover says in his statement, for what it's worth, that he did not or he was surprised, I think it was the exact word, that he used. I listened to Shane Sykin, a man that, let's be honest, he's shown some public accountability this year. He has done that with Deion Jackson, with a Daryl Baker Jr. I saw someone stand by Grover there where he could have gone down a different path with that. I mean, you are losing one of your best players for a monumental stretch of the season. That is a huge deal for your football team. And 
I just felt like the comments yesterday were he made a mistake. It wasn't malicious. He's an unbelievable teammate. He's got great character. Guys gravitate towards him. He did not have to go down that path if he wanted to. So I Oh, we've that- seen him no comment or sidestep many questions. Exactly. Many he could have just stood by the statement. Sure. He did not need to expand on it. And I bring that up basically because Grover's in a contract year, and a popular question that I've gotten from fans in the last 36 hours is, how does this impact his future with the team? JMV even asked me yesterday about that, and based off what Shane said, and guys in the locker room echoed that as well. I I, I tend to go a little bit more coach. I think guys in the locker room are going to stand by their teammate a little bit more, but I got the vibe that they feel like this was a pretty honest mistake by Grover. They're not going to crucify him for it, and I don't know and maybe even don't think it's going to have a major impact on what or how they view his next contract maybe they you know lessen it a little bit but I still look at it and think there is a chance maybe a better than decent chance that he's back with this football team with a contract extension I will say a guy like Eric Johnson and I know that's probably not a household name to really any Colt fan fifth round pick two years ago Came from a small school, just like Grover Stewart. He, along with Taven Bryant, but I'll point to Johnson because he's the fifth-round pick, a little bit more of a body type, still younger. He has an opportunity here over the next month and a half that all of a sudden, with more playing time, if he really ascends, which I'm not holding my breath for, but if he shows you something, now that could maybe impact what it would look like for Grover. I still think that Grover, A, has proven to be a very good player, B, interior defensive linemen, they can probably play into their 30s a little bit more than some other positions. Grover hasn't missed a game in five years. Uh, That leads me to think that re-signing him would make some sense, but I I just thought Shane stood by him. And and I don't know, maybe people won't read as much into it as I am, but in listening to Shane Steichen now in whatever, 30, 40-some press conferences, that tone to me sings a little bit of a different stance than I either expected or I just think it's meaningful. And and, and I don't think we should just lose sight of it. Uh, don't you feel like that, you know, this happens in relationships and it happens at, you know, at the workplace and everything else. And no doubt there are guys in the NFL that coaches do not like, but they are hell of a, they're hell of a player, <laughs> right? And Grover Stewart... He comes across, does he not, KB, as a guy that is probably with this coaching staff, with the organization, and with his fellow teammates, has built up a nice amount of goodwill. Don't you view it, not only the way he plays, but but off the field as well. Again, there's guys that play that are good on the field, but... They're not too great off the field. Yeah. And so if something happens to them, not everyone's going to come to their locker and and give them a, a big old hug and a kiss, and coaches are going to stand behind them. They're going to say, hey, he's a great player, but he can't do that. Grover comes across to me as this is the first year really following him. He comes across to me as not only a damn good player, but a guy in the locker room that matters. Like his presence matters. And probably, you know, Steichen and his staff, they take over, and you're looking for core guys that are going to make your job easier, right? Like Jonathan Taylor didn't make his job easier the first couple months. You know who probably did? Grover Stewart. Right, and this probably falls in line, Andy, with what I told you yesterday. And I did not feel this way about Isaiah Rogers in his suspension back in the summer. You know, when I was informed that there was going to be a player suspended for gambling, I responded with two names. Isaiah Rogers was one of the two names that I had on that list. Like, to me, that... I don't know, right or wrong. That was just one of the names that I thought about. When I saw the headline about a Colts player busted for six games, I would have had to need a list of 40 names before I got to Grover Stewart. So I think this falls in line with some of that of like, I feel that way internally. I think they feel that way of like, this was an honest mistake. Now, again, it does nothing to take away the sting of him missing six games. And I stand by what I said yesterday. If an incident could cost you $3 million. Yeah. I'm going to go to right. the nth degree to make sure that... He's still at fault. Yeah. yeah. Everything that goes into my body, I'm going to double and triple check, even though that might be, you know, whatever, a little bit tedious and, and at times a little bit, you know, too much from a time standpoint. But um, that is something that I would do. Let me ask you this. I would do. This guy is going to be 30 years old. 
What's the next contract for yeah. him? Is it a three? Is it another three-year deal? Part of me is like something can you go like that. Two instead of three, but right. yeah, something in the two to three-year ballpark. What's he make right now? Is it nine or ten? Yeah, annually? I mean, well, he lost. He lost about three mil. Sixteen games is a third, so I would imagine it's right around nine mil. Is it not? I'm looking at it right now. Give me just a second. Yeah, uh, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand twenty-three. Uh, his was well, cap hit was seven two. His base salary was six two. He got a signing bonus, so yeah, he's making around, he's making around seven seven and change. His dead cap number is a little bit over ten. Yeah, for some reason, I, I felt like the deal was like three for thirty that he had signed back. I I don't know back in November of twenty twenty or something like that twenty twenty one. So. Um, yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. And, you know, obviously these are conversations probably a little bit more for the off season, but that was a popular one I got in the last day or so. So I wanted to make sure that we hit on that again. Will Carroll is going to talk with us at nine o'clock. Get more into the medical aspect of things with Anthony Richardson. Uh, Sam, is this JT? Is that who's on the line? Yes, I assume it's not number 28, Jonathan Taylor? No, I, at least it didn't sound like it. No. J.T. Okay. Snow. I'm trying to think of other J.T.'s. Oh, JT. Was J.T. Snow the one that got Barry Bond's kid off the plate, Darren Baker? <laughs> That's a great or question. Not, or, uh, Dusty Baker's kid, I should say. I, that was I, Baker's kid, right? He won six gold gloves. It was. It was Dusty Baker's child, yes. Who's now, who's in, now like 30 years old. Yeah, he's now in AAA. He was playing oh, over is that, here yeah, there you the go. Indians. Was he really? Yeah. No, there you go. A couple weeks ago. Uh, J.T., you want to talk Anthony Richardson? Yeah, so I have a couple of thoughts. Number one, um, you know, Andy and KB, you guys are disparaging uh, AR's uh, ability to learn on the bench. But remember, Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three years uh, with uh, Brett Clark playing. So how did he turn out? So that's number one. Number two, I'm in the medical field. I work with orthopedic patients. And this surgery, and you can run it by Will Carroll, but this is going to be minimally invasive, uh, guys. And uh, they're just going to tighten up the ligaments, uh, and uh, AR is going to be throwing in six to eight weeks. Not sure if he's ready for NFL-type throwing, but um, he might actually be ready by mid-December. I mean, he's 21 years old. These guys heal fast. So that's my take on it. You can ask Will Carroll. Thank you. And I'll hang up and listen to you. Yeah, well, JT, my, my reaction would be... Gene Richardson. Well, I mean, no, my, my reaction would be, and we said this in the beginning of the show, it's not this injury and this procedure that is that is bothering me. It's when you take this and you add it up with all the other things that he's already had, plus he plays a style that is not like, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, that is not like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a Tua. He is going to be running the ball. Now, he may not run the ball 10 to 12 times. That's the argument that we had. He may run the ball four, five, six times. So they may lessen the hits that he's going to take but he's going to take more hits than a quarterback that is going to stand in the pocket. That is a fact. And so when you have that and when you have, you know, he's being injured by guys that weigh less than him. He's being injured on innocuous plays that happen during every single snap in every single game, high school, college, or the NFL. That is the worry here. It's the totality of, hey, this guy's pretty good, but are we going to, after four or five games, change the way that we are viewing the playbook with him? After four or five games, are we already worried about uh, his injury issue? Again, this I, I'm not worried about, if this were, I think you used, what, a running back and an Achilles? KB, yeah, uh-huh. isn't that what you did? Right. If this were an Achilles, uh, to me, it would be different, right? Um, I'm not worried about him coming back in six, seven weeks, whatever it may be. I, as far as the Aaron Rodgers thing, that that is an antiquated approach that the Packers had success with because of the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. I, they also let Jordan Love sit, and right now Jordan Love is a back end of the NFL quarterback. I, I mean, yeah, you can say, well, Pat Mahomes sat a year. He was also on a team. What were, what were the Chiefs, 14-2 and two the year before Mahomes took over? I mean, Alex Smith, maybe not that, but I mean, Alex Smith was winning double-digit games. Andy Reid was a Hall of Fame coach. It's just... It's just not the same. You know, it's I, just not the same. I've said this a million times about Richardson. You cannot compare his situation to anyone else. Aaron Rodgers, with a quick little search there, 
Andy had nearly 1,000 pass attempts in his college career. 1,000 pass attempts. Anthony Richardson uh, was just under 400. So you're talking about well over double the amount of pass attempts that Aaron Rodgers had in college versus Anthony Richardson. That's why reps mean more. Drive the car. Don't sit in the backseat of the driver's ed car. Actually driving the car. Why did the Colts commit to him so early? Because they knew how valuable Mm -hmm. those reps are. Listen to Shane Sykin. Listen to Jim Irsay's comments. Um, Undoubtedly, they committed to him for a reason, and that is those playing reps are just way, way too valuable. So, uh, sure, he might learn a little bit in the back of the classroom, but it's not going to compare at all to unscripted moments. That's the thing. Everything in a classroom, Andy, scripted. You know, it's not real. You're not in the live bullets of it all. Um, so, yeah, that one I disagree with whole wholeheartedly. I, I think really the caller, to me, the caller was hitting more on the potential rather than the talent, the potential of learning on the bench for a couple of seasons. But that's where I think Andy kind of hit everything on the head with Mahomes was learning behind Smith, right? Mahomes had a fantastic quarterback to study behind. Rodgers learned behind Favre. Those years on the bench are valuable because you're learning from, I mean, if Smith stayed healthy, are we talking a Hall of Fame quarterback? Well, you have Mike Holmgren, you have Andy Reid, you have two guys who are like Hall of Fame coaches on top of it. Exactly. Richardson would not, I mean, nothing against Minshew. I'm I'm a big, I'm a fan of his, but Minshew's not Favre. Minshew's not Mahomes. Minshew's not Smith, right? He, Richard wouldn't, Richardson wouldn't have that caliber level quarterback to learn behind for those years. Two things on this. Aaron Rodgers, he was, (laughs) was he not? The way he sat behind Favre, many people think that was the wrong thing to do. It wasn't like the Packers. The Packers ended up looking smart in the end, but I don't think too many other teams and probably about 30 other teams in the NFL would not have done that. Plus, I know people in Kansas City who filed the Chiefs. Andy Reid, they watch Mahomes in practice and they're like, we could throw this guy out there. They're like, this guy's making amazing plays, but they had Alex Smith and they were winning... I mean, I need to look that up. They, I don't think they won 14 that year, but they could have won 13, 12, 13 games that year. I mean, that's how good of a team they were, if you remember. I, I don't think, it, and I don't know, maybe I need to do a better job of this, Andy, in the next couple of months. I don't want to you know, be, beat it into the ground too, too much. But Anthony Richardson will go into his second NFL season, Andy, with like 400 and, I don't know, 480-some pass attempts since high school. I cannot emphasize enough how few of a number that is when you compare him to the rest of any quarterback that's played in the NFL. Any. I I, I mean, like, that is such a small, small number. All right, so just quickly, 2017, Mahomes was a rookie. Yeah, they went 10-6. and Okay, they went, they won 11 games, 12 games, they won 10-6, and and they lost to the Titans at home by a point, 22-21, and that's when they decided, hey, we're going to make the move to Mahomes in 2018. So, I mean, they were still, obviously, they won the the division. They won the AFC West that year, did Kansas City. Will Carroll going to join us at 9 o'clock, and we'll get more into the medical situation with Anthony Richardson, the upcoming surgery, what exactly that's going to look like for him. On the other side, we will talk some Pacers. Uh, they are six days away from their season opener. So Scott Agnes going to join us uh, here in a few. Let's do a morning check down before that. The morning check down. Yeah, we'll keep it going with the Anthony Richardson stuff. I think KB, you said earlier today, Alec Pierce was on the side uh, doing some work yesterday, so that might mean good things for him. If not this Sunday, uh, won't be too lengthy of an injury, you would imagine. Just quickly in the NFL, Mikkel Hardman traded back, wide receiver there at the Jets, traded back to the Chiefs where he was drafted five, six years ago. Trevor Lawrence questionable for tonight. Ian Rappaport says Lawrence is you know really going to try to give it a go. If not, C.J. Beathard would get the start there. Uh, and some Trey News swirling Jerry Judy wide receiver there in Denver and obviously Devontae Adams we talked about him a couple weeks ago there with the Vegas Raiders both of them could be campaigning for a trade here as the deadline is what about a you know about a week and a half away uh, as we get well closer to two weeks as we get ready for Halloween all right Thursday night football tonight again the injury to watch will be Trevor Lawrence and exactly his availability uh is it I already forget is it who 
Dat? Okay, who dat for the Saints and okay. who day Got for the Bengals? Who day think going to beat them Bengals? Okay, that, that is right. Who dat for Colts Nation tonight, right? You, you, you want the Saints to beat the Jags uh, in this one. Uh, other quarterback injury news. How about Deshaun Watson? Uh, he did talk to the media yesterday but did not practice. Sounds like things remain very up in the air for Deshaun Watson on Sunday. So if he does not go, the Colts will face a quarterback they cut 14 times in a two-year cycle. That would be the one and only Philip, now P.J. Walker. Uh, so that's what it looks like Cleveland side of it. On the Colts injury report, uh, no Brain Smith, no Alec Pierce, no Kylan Granson. So if you look at Pierce, obviously Smith is a big one. If you look at Pierce and Granson, for what it's worth, that would be two of your top four pass catchers. So a whole lot on the plate of Michael Pittman and Josh Downs if those guys can't go. Pier- Pierce was doing some work off to the side yesterday so it doesn't look like his absence should be too long and who knows maybe he'll practice today and have a chance to give it a go on Sunday yeah quickly Major League Baseball nice win last night for the Astros bouncing back 8-5 winners Max Scherzer a mess not surprised that's what he does in the postseason doubleheader tonight Phillies and Diamondbacks at 5 o'clock Astros Rangers coming your way at 8 o'clock All right, on the other side, it will be Scott Agnes. We'll talk some Pacers. What does that starting lineup look like ahead of their final preseason game tomorrow and Wednesday's regular season opener? And any update, Bally-related. For those that are curious, how do we watch the Pacers this season? I've been to me already. Has anything changed? We'll talk with Scott about that. All right, continuing to react with you, Anthony Richardson, done for the season, that being made official yesterday, and obviously we've talked a ton about that, and we continue that. Will Carroll, our uh, our expert, our guru, who's led us through, held our hand through all of this, he joins us next on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Will, thanks for joining us again. Sorry it's always around someone being injured. It's always bad news when we have you on. How are you? Yeah, that's my, that's my job. I'm the Grim Reaper, and uh, nice profile in Barrett today. Yes. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Will Carroll with us here uh, on the fan. I just, it's not a surprise this is where uh, things were going to end up, but I guess what is your reaction? He gets injured, uh, and then we're all like, oh, is he going to be out just a month? And we talk about, you know, five, six, seven games at the end of the season. Then the S word, the surgery word, uh, starts to really creep up, and, you know, it became louder and louder and to the point that Jim Ursay spoke with Stephen Holder about it, and uh, then we knew basically it was going to happen. I guess the saga of the last week and a half or so, what do you make of all of it? And now what do you make of the fact that in the next week, week and a half or so, you'd imagine AR going under the knife? Yeah, that's going to be the interesting question. Is The things we still don't know are pretty big. Uh, the first of those being you know, what surgeon is going to do this surgery, uh, because that's going to give us clues about what he wants from this. Um, you know, mo- most surgeons have a very preferred technique you go to the best guy for a certain thing. And for this one, it's not tremendously clear. We, I know at least two of the surgeons he, he uh, went to uh, have much the same technique. It's very likely to be a tightrope technique. Uh, basically, they're going to take the two joints, uh, the, the two ligaments that were uh, hurt there, uh, put it back together with basically a big piece of fiber. Uh, it's called, it's called tightrope. Uh, you, you kind of lock that in with these two small buttons, uh, and then everything comes back together in the next four to six months. Um, it's, it's a complicated surgery, but it's, it's not horrible. Uh, it's fairly new, so we don't have a lot of track record on uh, exactly what this is. But the rehab significantly lower. You know, this kind of injury 10 years ago is a career ender. Um, a lot of people are comparing this to Cam Newton, both for his size and the problems that Newton had. Newton had a rotator cuff problem. Uh, this was entirely muscular. This is entirely bone uh, and, and ligament. Uh, so I think he's got a very good chance of coming back. I think he'll be throwing by the time the Colts get to minicamp next year. It's interesting. Ten years ago, wow, um, that, that's, that's pretty crazy. Will Carroll's with us here again. You see him on the on Twitter uh, at the injury expert under the knife. Dot coms where you can find his work. Um, why did this AC joint injury lead to surgery, Will? Because it seems like other quarterbacks, you know, it, they often opt for rehab versus surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, and it's just a matter of degree. Um, with most sprains, which are a ligament injury, you qualify them in, in degrees, uh, or so you get uh, first, second, third. With, with 
uh, this kind of injury, there's two uh, ligaments and joints involved plus two bones. So this is a more complex one. Um, at least one of the ligaments, the AC uh, ligament itself, acromioclavicular, uh, that one completely ruptured. And there's another one right there called the coracoclavicular, the CC joint, uh, that likely had damage. Uh, there was that great story where he went to somebody's birthday party or something, and there was a picture included in that. The type of sling he had on was very tight, which means that the collarbone itself, the clavicle, had some movement to it. So you have to really stabilize it. Pretty much your entire body is hung from the, the clavicle. It does take a lot of load. So you have to protect that when it's mobile. Uh, and when I saw that, I was like, uh, surgery is absolutely necessary. So it's just the degree of this. You know, David Carr was able to come back. Uh, I don't even think he missed a game. Um, Deshaun Watson had this, and now they're saying it's another weird thing. Uh, but this is a very, very common uh, quarterback injury. Uh, it's just unfortunate that his was as significant as it was. It's a matter of you know, how much weight came down on it, which reminds me, I don't think this had anything to do with the turf. A lot of people are saying this had something to do with the turf. Um, I disagree. I mean, if you have big men falling on you uh, and your shoulders exposed, that's just bad. And, you know, turf is not going to give – much more or less than the ground in that situation. Yeah, 250-pound Harold Landry was the tackler on that play against Richardson. Um, Will, would would Anthony have needed surgery, A, if he were left-handed, B, if he played a different position? That's a great question. Um, for another position, yeah, he would have needed surgery with this degree okay. uh, of sprain just because, you know, you can't have your your collarbone moving around. Um, you know, there, there's just no position in football, save maybe kicker. Uh, <laughs> even then, I, I don't think it'd be likely you might have been able to delay it. Um, but, no, uh, he, he would have needed this surgery regardless. Will Carroll with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline at Injury Expert. You want to follow him there. We appreciate him joining us. Uh, whenever someone's injured that we care about, uh, we seem to call Will and always fantastic stuff. Re-injuring himself. So he has this surgery. Um, how would you, uh, you know, if I ask you the question, how easy would it be to re-injure this after the surgery? Is it stronger? Is that joint going to be stronger after the surgery? How would you answer that? No, that's the big worry is that not the re-injury, but how that joint is going to come back together because it's not going to be natural. Um, and it's not going to be exact in a biomechanical sense. You know, you're going to have a piece uh, of tightrope, which is this fibrous, almost the easiest thing. It looks kind of like shoelaces. And when you put that together, I mean, it's a shoelace. You can, I've seen uh, in demonstrations from Arthrex, They'll tie it up, and then a guy will pull his body weight all the way off on that thing. So it holds almost literally a ton of weight. But it, it's not going to be like they can repair those ligaments in there. Uh, so it's going to be held together differently. And that's going to be my big worry. It's not that he's going to re-injure it. That's possible, but uh, you know, it's possible that any quarterback sure. can re-injure or, or have that on the play. I'm more worried about how his shoulder is going to feel to him. Because the muscles will all be the same, but the ligaments won't be. So the biomechanics of his shoulder are going to be a real key. And that's why I think he's been very, very intentional about the surgeons he's gone to. Uh, there's just not a lot of experience with this specific in injury, this specific surgery, and this specific demand. Uh, he's got to come back as a quarterback. He's got to be able to throw. So the idea that he's going to, uh, you know, the, the the lead doctor for the Texas Rangers or the lead doctor for the Los Angeles Dodgers doesn't surprise me at all. Okay, this you're not you you may not know this. This may be a stupid question, but I'm going to throw it out. Will Carroll with us here on the fan on a Thursday is, it, you know, th this has taken you know about a week or so, week and a half, whatever it is, and they've reached out to you know to doctors and medical professionals across the country. And it seems with what you've said and now with the news that he's going to have surgery, that it was an easy decision that, of course, he needs surgery. Then why did they talk to so many people? Do you think there was someone you know, out there saying, hey, maybe you don't need surgery? Maybe. Uh, 
I don't think so. I, I think from everything I've read and everything that I've heard from sources I've spoken to, it was fairly clear this was going to happen. One of the things you, you want is you want to feel comfortable with the surgeon. Sure. A lot of it is that. You want to be sure that th- this is the right guy. This is one, the one that makes you feel confident. For years and years, that was Jim Andrews down in Birmingham. That was his advantage. Is He just has that it quality. You walk into a room and he just makes you feel better. I'm going to fix this. You're going to be back. You see all those pictures on his wall. Uh, Neil Elitrash in Los Angeles looks like a movie star. You just figure he can do anything. Um, so it's the same kind of thing with that. The other is that there was a lot of swelling inside uh, his shoulder, and they usually wait for that to go down so they don't have to you know, basically cut around the inflammation. So I don't think this surgery is going to happen immediately. It, it wasn't life-threatening. What you want is to sure. do it right, not necessarily do it quickly. Well, when you mentioned the, the, the shoulder is going to feel a little bit different to him, you think that is any sort of impact on throwing motion? Because I, I, I bring that up. Obviously, yeah. Richardson's accuracy was a big question exiting Florida. It sounded like it was a lot more lower body mechanics than upper body. And I think when you watch him throw, it's a very natural motion. I mean, it, it, it he looks like a shortstop. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's a it's yeah. a good looking motion. I guess how a really will... big shortstop. Yes, very big, very big shortstop. Uh, how how do you think that aspect of it will be handled if that shoulder does feel a little different? That's the part we don't know. We don't know how he's going to react to that. He's never had a major injury before, as far as I can tell. Uh, certainly didn't have one at Florida. I don't I wasn't able to find anything in his high school uh, books. Uh, you know, all the recruiting talk never brought it up. So uh, it's going to come down to you know how confident is he? How does the rehab go? Um, you know, I, I'm very curious where he's going to do his rehab. He's got to be confident with that. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been doing his uh, rehab in L.A. with uh, with Neil Elitrash's people. You've seen some of the things he's doing. Uh, Heather Milligan's one of the best in the world. Uh, she certainly has one of the most uh, unique support systems around her. Um, and, and doing some of the things you're seeing Rodgers do with, with blood flow restriction that might get him back in season. Uh, that's pretty amazing stuff, stuff that really didn't uh, uh, wasn't used five years ago, three years ago. It's pretty amazing how quickly medical technology uh, has come together. The, the type of fiber they're going to use likely uh, on Richardson was only invented in 2018. So yeah, think about that. When he was start, uh, well, he started a little late, uh, you know, about the time he was getting ready to go to college, uh, that was getting invented downstate from Florida. So is this tightrope thing? And again, Will, Will Carroll's with us, injury expert on Twitter, uh, underthenife.com. You can find his work. This tightrope thing, all of a sudden, I, I'm starting to hear more and more of it. For those mm-hmm. paying attention to college football right now, Brock Bowers, you know, arguably the best pure player in college football, um, you know, tight end for, for Georgia. He's having a tightrope surgery on his ankle. I, I don't know if I want to get too nerdy, but <laughs> I, I guess what what is this? What's the craze yeah. behind this for an ankle or, in Richardson's case, a shoulder? Uh, it's it's actually just a, a fiber. It, it's uh, the, the technique itself is completely different. Uh, you know, tightrope in the high ankle has been done for years. Tuatunga Vailoa had it done twice while he was at Alabama. Uh, Lyle Kane did that, and he certainly looks pretty good. Um, you know, again, it was used on Aaron Rodgers' Achilles. Bowers is going to have his on the high ankle, just like Tunga Vailoa, same surgeon even. Um, it's interesting that uh, a Georgia player is going to the Alabama team doctor. Uh, but <laughs> he's a great point. He's one of the best ones. Sounds um, like a fine bomb so. segment coming up. Boy, it really does. Fine bomb could take calls for seven hours on that one. Phyllis, why is he going to Alabama? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so it's, it's one of those things where this is just a better technique. It heals quicker. It heals stronger. And again, it's just new. We see the same thing with internal brace. Uh, we're seeing guys like Brock Purdy come back from uh, functionally what w- would have been Tommy John uh, uh, with this internal brace. And he's looking pretty good. And so are the 49ers. Um, so it's a situation where medical science is just getting better and better. We're seeing the same thing uh, on, on rehab. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a tipping point for blood flow restriction, where they're basically using tourniquets uh, to allow better earlier gains with uh, less weight when you're not as weight-bearing. So maybe we see the same thing. I don't know how you put a tourniquet on a shoulder, um, but uh, yeah, the, the rehab stuff goes along with the medical science, and it's just rushing forward. It's pretty amazing. 
Is it stupid to say that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back this season, Will? Come on. He's not going to be back this season. Come on, right? I'm say, I'm, I don't think it's likely. <laughs> I'm saying it's possible. First well, off, I can't even believe it's possible. He, he doesn't have anything to lose. You know, if he goes out there and, and pops that Achilles again, well, then he has the surgery again. Um, you know, how long does he want to play? Um, the other thing that i got to focus on with, with Rodgers is – God, he loves the attention. And if he can do that, <laughs> he'll have every eye in the world on him, and he'll be, you know, the new Willis Reed. So that's what keeps me thinking it's at least a possibility. All right, last one for me. Will Carroll with us here, Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Uh, you said it needs to be done right. It doesn't need to, you know, there doesn't need to be a hurry to get this surgery done. Yeah. Without you knowing what that swelling looks like over the last week and how that has got better, you know, I think Ursay told, what, Chapel, five to ten days, and that was a couple days ago. Is that what you're thinking in the next week here? We'll kind of get, uh, you know, the news that this surgery has either happened or is going to happen very soon? Yeah, I think uh, I think the decision's likely been made on who. Uh, they just haven't told us yet. So he'll get on a plane. He'll go to Arlington. He'll go to Los Angeles. He'll go to Birmingham. Uh, there, there's not a whole lot of places he's likely to go. Um, it'll be interesting to see. We've we've seen some some wild cards. Uh, that whole Tampa situation with their tackle ending up here in Indianapolis with Shelburne uh, has been interesting. Uh, didn't work out, but uh, always interesting to watch those stories. So, yeah, I think it'll be probably early next week. Uh, okay, last last one, Will. Appreciate your time here. Uh, and I know you've kind of touched on it in different oh, parts. I, I did think it's a, you know, the other thing that might be impacting the timing, if he is going to Keith Meister, uh, he's the lead doctor for the Texas Rangers, and they're a little busy right now. <laughs> I was going to say, they've got yeah, a been the World Series here in a week. Here on their hands. Um, okay, last one, and Will Carroll, appreciate the time here on this Thursday morning. Um, again, four to six months, I think is what you said a little bit earlier. Yeah. Shane Sykin mentioned yesterday, spring offseason program, good chance he'll be ready. Uh, I guess, when does he start throwing in all likelihood? And you, I, I think I've said, you know, come May, when really things ramp up, he should be good to go. Yeah, that's the thing, is – because of the timing, because of the calendar, you know, if he's throwing in January, I'm assuming the Colts aren't going to be in the Super Bowl. I think that one's a safe one without him. Um, you know, there's no place for him to play. So if he's throwing in January, February, March even, it's going to be nice, but we're probably not going to know. Um, so if he's ready in that six months, there's no reason to rush this. Um, there's no reason to do anything but – all the right things along the way with all the best people. Um, it's going to be some hard work, and there is some uncertainty about you know how he's going to be when he comes back. But uh, because of the way the calendar works, look, uh, all I really care about is that he's going to be ready in you know whatever date week one is next year. Gosh, I just watched a 30-second video on an AC tightrope, and now my mind is absolutely blown. Thank you, Tyler, for saying that or sending that to me. Unbelievable. Uh, Will, outstanding. Thank you for keeping us uh, somewhat knowledgeable on this, to say the least, because certainly we do not bring any of the medical side of it to the table. So thank you for the time, man. Happy to help, but uh, sorry to be on. <laughs> yeah. That's the best Amen. way to put it. Yeah, uh, That's Will Carroll right there on the Payless, Le- Payless Liquors Hotline again, at the Injury Expert on Twitter. With that one, um, yeah, Steichen said yesterday, timetable-wise, you know, said, okay, should be good for the spring, right? And said, yeah, good chance that everything will be good on that front. So that'll be.